you know, I think the important thing is, is the more you fail, the more you build this skill of failure. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. I'm having just a little bit of uh, nerves here because I have a friend coming on and unfortunately we share something in common that we wish we didn't share in common and that's both of us have lost everything. James Altucher, welcome to Office Hours, my friend. David, so glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. And yes, we do share that. And it's, everybody, I feel like the whole world has kind of gotten into failure porn, like the idea that you can't succeed now unless you're like hit rock bottom in some way. But it's not pleasant, right? It's like a very <laughs> unpleasant experience. It's so interesting you say that because I actually think of rock bottom in a religious concept, meaning that my brother's a rabbi and we talk about the difference between being spiritual and religious. And the difference to me is that if you're religious, you're trying to do the right things to stay out of the basement. I love it. But if you're spiritual, what I find is you've been to the basement and you don't want to go back. And my spirituality came from the fact that I don't want to go back. Uh, to that end, you do like I do, James, and provide a lot of lessons about dummy tax. And you bring on not only your own experience, but great billionaires, millionaires, and entrepreneurs to share their lessons so that other people don't have to reach the basement. They can stay religious, not spiritual. Uh, for you, what is one of the lessons that you've learned that you see is a common lesson with all the billionaires that you deal with? Well, I think, you know, people, people, a lot of people talk about persistence, but you could be persistent in negative habits as well. <laughs> great so I'm point. I'm not quite sure it's persistence is the right word. I think it's it's several things really like, and I know you asked for one, but I'll, you I'll combine a couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's persistence with creativity, like making sure, you know, creativity is a muscle. And like any muscle, if you don't use it often, it atrophies and it goes away. So I think exercising your creativity muscle, your idea muscle is very important to do. Bad ideas, good ideas, it doesn't matter. I give you ideas for this TV show and they could be the worst ideas in the world, but at least I'm exercising and sharing my creativity muscles. So for that time when I really need it, it's useful. Another thing is also just emotional health. Like you could, a lot of times, you know, as you know, when you hit, when you're on the way down, when you're on the way up, everyone's your friend. When you're on the way down, nobody's your friend. And I think making sure that that cliche, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with, that cliche is actually really important because those five people, they're going to be there for you, hopefully on the way down. That's how you, you find the right people who are there for you to help you when, you know, through good or bad. And, you know, you mentioned the spiritual, I think having a sense of surrender, having a sense that, hey, you know, I'm alive. The worst case scenario wasn't that bad. Um, you know, whatever you can extract that that's good in your life and that, and that you're learning, you know, this is an experience I'm going to learn from. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the education of that life was intended for me. Having a sense of surrender is, is almost how to spiritual health. And of course, there's the physical aspects. I mean, you know, sleeping eight hours a day reduces anxiety, you know, being somewhat in shape, being, you know, eating healthy, all these things reduce anxiety, allows you to be creative, allows you to have good emotional relationships allows you to have a sense of surrender to the world. So all of these things together, I think, 
and reminding yourself every day you have to check the box on these things is very, very important. Absolutely. Joe, he's right on tap with what you think as far as framing your life. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, I, I love it. First off, I gotta say, I love your hair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're my, jealous. My... I'm, jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous too. I can't get there anymore, man. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how I'm, I'm getting gray. I'm turning. I'm, I realize I'm aging. Me too. You surprise. I'm going to be 55 years old in a few weeks, and, and I've been trying, I've been doing an experiment lately, which is, if you don't mind my talking just for a second about it, I've, about 25 years ago, I was a competitive, strong chess player in tournaments, and people kept telling me, you know, you would never be that good again now over the age of 50. And, I, and once someone says you can never do something, that's, of course, you got to do it, right? So, yeah. so now I've been playing in chess tournaments to show that at the age of 54, soon to be 55, I can, in fact, be better than I ever was before. And so far, everyone else has been correct. So, um, <laughs> and, and so I've been Good doing stuff. a lot of research on cognitive-related, like, you know, on age-related cognitive decline, and it's real, but there are ways to, to fight it. So I'm in the fight. Good stuff. Keep fighting. Awesome. Well, I mean, just reading about all of your stuff, you're part of all these really great things. It's hard to really choose a, a, a question to ask you, but I guess one that I think would be really nice for maybe other entrepreneurs or people that have are dealing with maybe a tough time trying to break through something. You know, just reading here, you went from you know fifteen million dollars to one hundred and forty-three dollars in a matter of months. Does everybody have to remind me of that all the time? <laughs> Sorry. Just looking at the ATM account, $143, I threw up on the machine at that point. I'm surprised you didn't do a lot more. I did uh, do a lot more. Yeah. How did you, you know, what was the, what, how did you get through that? You know, what, 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 what was the one thing that got you through it? You know, if there is. To come back. Yeah, if there is one thing, this is really important, which is, you know, I, I would take walks every day because I was just so depressed. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was, I was suicidal. And, and it's a scary thing because a lot of times in our society, you know, self-worth equals net worth. And, you know, you, we could say all day long, that's a bad way to value ourselves, but society really puts it on us like that, you know, that's signaling. And so I was just, we'd just take all these walks every day thinking, that, that's it, I got lucky once and I'm a loser and, and I don't know what to do. And one time I just, I saw in this one store a, a box of 100 waiters pads that were for sale and I liked the look of them and you know these little blue pads and, and I bought this box and they, every day I would take a waiters pad and go to a cafe and just write down 10 ideas. Like here's 10 ideas for businesses, here's 10 ideas for books. Oh, if I like this book idea, here's 10 chapter ideas. Here's 10 points I want to make in that chapter. Here's 10 ideas for Google or for LinkedIn or for Quora or, or Facebook. And then I started sharing some of these ideas with others. Like I would write, you know, 10 ideas. I would write to a writer, 10 ideas you of articles you should write about. Or uh, I'd write to Google, 10 ideas for Google. And sometimes, one in 20 times, people would get back to me and it would create opportunities for me. I mean, I've flown out to Google, I've flown out to Amazon, LinkedIn, Facebook, all because of these idealists. I, I started a career writing because I sent to various writers, uh, you know, here's ideas for articles. Oh, James, you should write these articles. And then and I always say, you don't have to write back to me. I don't expect to hear from you again. But like exercising that idea muscle every day and kind of just, it's almost like planting seeds in a huge garden, you know, seeds of ideas. 
And of course, we know from the 80-20 rule, you know, 20% of the seeds you plant will result in 80% of your opportunities. And that's what was happening is that every once in a while, I would, you know, share some of these ideas that I felt were okay. And of course, you have lots of bad ideas. You can't come up with 3,000 great ideas a year. But every once in a while, I would share ideas. People would respond. It would create opportunities for myself. And then you see, with every opportunity, most opportunities we know don't work out. But sometimes you plant a seed and it grows. And that's the ones you, you double down on and then double down on again. And, and you know, I got, I got kind of used to that. That's over 20 years now of writing these 10 ideas a day. That's great. That was going to be my other question about the 10 ideas a day. So I'm glad that it wrapped mm -hmm. up into awesome. that. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. Awesome. So I love your story. I'm, I'm that person that they always say is crazy too. Founded 32 companies, did the same thing. But failure is always, entrepreneurs always ask when I'm mentoring entrepreneurs, they're like, God, I'm, I'm so afraid to fail. But failures have really given me an opportunity. Like they say, what do you do? I'm like, you get up the next day and you just do it again. And we just keep pushing. So what the, how do you coach people on the failure piece? And I know a lot of your, what you talk about is your failures and what you've done in life and how that's helped you. But how do you take that to the next level and really put it in a mindset perspective? You know, I think the important thing is, is the more you fail, the more you build this skill of failure. So, you know, take poker as an example. Poker is a, every hand is like starting a new business. And, you know, most hands you're not going to make money on. And what, but what you learn is, we all know, for instance, entrepreneurship is a path to wealth. Investing is a path to wealth. But the other thing we know is, in order to win the game, you have to stay in the game. And so one way to stay in the game is to really understand risk, to understand, okay, I have this idea, and there's lots of ways this could fail, most likely will fail, but how can I de-risk it? And how can I de-risk it to such an extent that even if it fails, it could turn into something new? Let's say I make a website, okay, and I want a million users, and there's 100 users, it failed. Okay, well, now I have this website. Maybe I can give it to somebody else who could build something with it and build a relationship, or maybe I could you know, sell it and keep advisor shares and, and again, build a relationship. Or maybe I just take this experience and I write a book about it and turn the entire experience into content that people will absorb. And then I just move on to the next thing. And, you know, it's like in the stock market. You don't want to own, you don't want to say, oh my gosh, Tesla's the only stock I should own. I'm going to mortgage my house and buy Tesla. You diversify. And you have to diversify your experiences, your opportunities, your ideas, the people you associate with, your hobbies, your everything in your life. You have to diversify and, and work on risk because everything is great if you remove the risk. Yeah, Everything's stressful if you don't remove the risks from it. I like on young entrepreneurs, I tell them two things. You have to take risk and fail well. Yeah, and you know the, the way to take risks is to understand them. I think sometimes people think, okay, well, I'm going to jump off this cliff because everyone says you got to take risks. <laughs> Don't jump off the cliff unless you have a parachute. <laughs> so then you've de you're taking a risk, you're still jumping off the cliff, but you've de-risked it as much as you can. And part of de-risking it is just knowing the timing and risk tolerance. There's so many people, I'll ask them from perceived value to bottom line, but the second question, what's your timing and risk tolerance? And they have no idea, they've given it no thought at all, let alone a strategic plan and how to mitigate that risk that James is so good at. Netta. Yes, I have a burning question for you that I've been thinking <laughs> sure. about. Uh, you, a lot of what you do is expression, right? You're on a podcast, you interview multiple people, you write, of course, as we know that you're an avid writer, you're now doing comedy. 
My question is, in this world that's constantly changing with expression and how you can express and what can you express in this cancel culture, how is that impacting your creativity, your ability to be authentic, your ability to put your truth out there, whether it's writing, doing comedy, is that making an impact on you or are you tuning it out? And how is that working on your podcast with guests? I'd love to know that. You know, that's a great question because anybody, and I'm sure you guys think of this, anybody who produces content has, we live in this culture now where silence itself is sending a message, either good or bad, depending on, you know, what the question, you know, what the silence was, is about. And even my kids tell me, oh, dad, you can't be silent about X, Y, or Z. Right. And, but, you know, at the same time, you, you can't, you can't not, if you try to create content that is not your personal truth, it's going to be bad content. And so, you know, but it's a fine line. You're right. Like, you don't want to say something or do something that is going to offend half of the people you, you know or love or, or your audience. So you focus on what is my real message and what don't I truly care about? And so I'm just going to stick to my message. Like the stuff we talked about earlier is universal and it's things I feel really important about. I don't feel that, you know, strongly about any one political party because there's issues on both sides that historically everybody, everybody in the country is more or less in the middle. And but we get, you know, into these black holes of political argument. And it's just being aware that, you know, I don't really believe in this entire menu of things versus this entire menu of things. I'm somewhere. Oh, I'll take some items off this menu, some items off this menu. But the real truth that's universal is the things we were talking about earlier. We, we have a short life. How do we keep moving forward and have the best chances of success, the best chances of providing for our family, honestly, the best chances of changing the world? Like, for instance, I run a podcast. You guys you know, are involved in shows like this and activities like this. So I had a debate once in one of the elections, recent elections. I choose not to vote. And the reason I choose not to vote is because once I vote, I feel I'll be biased. I interview Democrats, I interview Republicans, I interview athletes, I interview you know superstars in every field just like you guys do. And I don't want to be biased. I don't want to be biased by my vote. And people will say to me, well, don't you, if you don't vote, you can't have a voice for change. Well, look where we are right now. We obviously have a voice right this second that's bigger than one vote out of 120 million. So, you know, it's okay to be silent on some things and to be and to be very expressive on the things you care about and have a vision about and on the things where you really could have impact and change. Focus on that. Don't try to have an opinion on everything. What's your vision? Make an impact. Express yourself. Awesome. Love it. What I love about James is he has learned it's best just to be you, right? And right. We can't worry about what other people think, what's missing or what we don't have, but instead just figure out what resonates with us and share our best opinions of it, which seems to work for the incredible James Altucher. Uh, if you haven't checked out the James Altucher show, you're missing out because it's clever, it's witty. I know he's self-proclaimed stupid, so I know him and I get along fine. We <laughs> share a lot of the greatest attributes. James, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me on the show. We look forward to seeing all of you guys again. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Keep kicking ass. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right, quick uh, take takeaways. Uh, we'll start with you, Joe. Work away back to me. Sure. Um, I, the takeaways. I, I love uh, the idea of sending just ideas to to people. You know, oh. to rand like. And it's funny because I always, I always am trying to improve everything. So I'm always thinking like, 
of you know all the and anytime I'm out, no matter anything I'm interacting with, I'm always thinking of ways to improve things. So I'm, maybe I should start sending those ideas to people or, or companies. And uh, I really love uh, what that's turned into for you. It's really cool. That's awesome. I, I really enjoy obviously writing a list. The list is in my head. Is to compartmentalizing in my brain. But um, I definitely like being you. And the thing is, like, I can't hide my passion. I'm such a passionate person. So I relate to that very, very well. It's amazing. Yeah, I think what you said about vision is so critical. There's so much information. And sometimes we can get very distracted with what we should insert in. Our opinion should go here or there. But staying in your lane, sticking to your vision, it can really help. Yeah. Yeah, I love just being above the game. I think James is above the game. How when he talked about the political side of things, where people can always attack you for not having an opinion, but when you're above the game and say, "Let's just be honest, right? Are you really are these menus what you believe in? Are you willing to sign up for what other people think?" And uh, let's just keep thinking and loving ourselves and with good intentions, with the majority of the people have, which is to help others. And he certainly is in his own. Very comedic way. I'm very impressed with the chest as well. All right, let's get our next guest up here on Office Hours.